So I do my little morning Twitter. Let me actually preface this by saying I intend on going on a, on a quote-unquote digital detox of sorts. I, I do it kind of like every year, but it's not even conscious. Give me one second. I'll just, you fall into a mood and you're just like, fuck Instagram and Twitter. But today, but I mean, not today. This this year it's going to be very conscious. I started, I did one of these first back in 2010. And life improved. And this is before, so this is like, there's the current state of social media in the 2010 version. And even then it was working. But I imagine it'll work even better today. But... The thing is, the nature of what I do now, I gotta be online a bit. So, the goal is always wake up, make coffee or whatever, go on a walk, and then investigate Twitter or like any new news or headlines. That's where, like, you know, the Twitter version of the Explore page can come in handy. You get a quick overview of the headlines and then you move on but even then a lot of people that I follow say funny shit so follow some you know tweets for five minutes all the showers warming while I'm sitting in front of the mic um, and so on anyway last night I, t- <laughs> I tweet out Fido is a scam two hours later and I'm only seeing this today two hours later they say why do you say so it's like it's like signed by Sarah. So I explain what's going on. We'll see what they say. But we all know that we all know how this goes. We all know. Technician will show up. We're gonna come between 4 a.m. and, and, and 10 p.m. <laughs> Whatever the fucking weird hours that they have. Anyway, so there's that. But the digital detox. One second. When you're already monitoring how you use these things, it's interesting to think of a digital detox. Like I kind of always say, the Instagram experience is very one way. I don't use the explore page. I don't endlessly scroll, to be honest. I just kind of post, post the stories, respond to DMs when there's DMs to respond to, respond to comments when there's comments to respond to. Talk to a few people on there who I know, and yeah, that's the end. Probably most of my time is spent like, well, I actually spend time creating posts and, and then, you know, things that I find interesting for the stories. I, I post in the stories a lot. But it also, that wavers too. Sometimes I don't go on Instagram for a week or two. Sometimes I'm there every single day. So once you learn how to monitor these things, these usages, a digital detox isn't the furthest, you know, groundbreaking experience, right? All it is is a continuation of just being on less. Now, if your job requires you to sit in front of a computer all day, you might get bored. You might want to go on Twitter or Instagram. But you can't. Or, you, I, sorry, you can, right? So you can go on there as much as you need to just to deal with the mundane nature of your job. But... Anyway, as I'm saying, they're good to do these 
detoxes every so often. I'm trying to go this summer um, with like limited usage, not deleting everything. I think that's stupid. I think I actually, um, sorry for those who did that. <laughs> Just straight up, that's stupid. No. Um, I get it, but I mean, it's such a part of the communication tool process now that like, like DMs are more important to me than, than email in a lot of cases, unless I'm expecting a specific email. So what I did yesterday was I actually deleted a bunch of apps and then I, I re-down, what did I, what did I know? Let's, let's investigate this. So ResearchGate, I downloaded because I was trying to get a, an, acad, an academic article. I now have Outlook. I never had Outlook on my phone before. I have that now. I also have. There was something else I downloaded. Oh, I downloaded on my on my iPad. I don't even remember what it is. So I don't actually have the same apps on my phone as I do on my iPad, which is probably better because I'm, I'm trying to force different experiences. So you go, so you go on your your iPad for a certain reason, like to record or to read books, to read PDFs large. I was preparing for work yesterday by reading in the Walmart in the Guardian section or the seasonal section where they have the desks. Or sorry, the uh, those comfy chairs, the comfy you know patio chairs. Sat down, <laughs> prepared for the class, which went very well actually. I mean, I should, I should probably make this a different rant, but we're gonna keep it here. It's good to see students engaged. Like, dude was not engaged in the com in the in the coursework until I was able to make a relay to video games. I remember. So there's a short story about a woman who kills her husband with a leg of lamb. The story's crazy. Um, I think it's called Lord of. It's not. It's, Lord of the Lambs? No, Lambs of the Slaughter is what it's called. So you're supposed to analyze a story and then come up with like a a script slash theme. Sorry, a script movie about the about the story. Even though apparently it's a TV show, I never knew this, but. And I'm like, okay, so what would you, how would you, and then you're supposed to depict, like, what's the lighting, what's the setting, what's the language used, what's the mood, what's the music? And I'm like, and I'm like, so I'm asking him, like, yo, what do you think? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. What about video games? Like, what's a very well-designed, because I asked, I asked him this last week, what's a very well-designed video game to you? He went off and had a very, like, good answer about that. I'm like, all right, so what is... Think about it in video game terms. If you were to make this into a video game, how would it work? And he just comes up with all the answers. <laughs> it's like, uh, it reminded me of, um, and I know people are at this point back and forth, and, you know, about this show, The Wire. So, remember in season one where the dude, the one kid wakes up Wallace after Wallace is all kind of like fucked up for after, you know, orchest- helping orchestrate the murder. And then one of the little hoppers rolls in and wakes him up and says, help me with this math problem. Wallace is like, all right, he reads the problem. It's one of those, like, if you have X amount of this object and you subtract four, but you times it times 10, and then you divide it by this, 
what does it equal? And then the kid can't come up with the answer. He asks him like three or four times. He can't come up with the answer. But then Wallace, all he does is switch out the examples and uses drugs and relates it to the neighborhood. And the kid answers straight away. You know what I mean? And I think that's like, that's how you have to, like, I mean, this is how you have to get breakthrough to people, you know? Video games became the, the, um, the way to hell. And then it's great too, because the, the, the mom was sitting in the living room the whole time. <laughs> so she, it was probably one of the better sessions we had. Um, last week, I was a bit more quiet than I usually was. I usually should be. And this week, I was just like, all right. As soon as I saw that he had a short story, I'm like, great. Let's break this down. And it didn't take me long to break it, help him break it down. So, you know, he seems to be getting some out of the experience. Um, and you want, whether you're teaching offenders or whether you're teaching kids, you want them to get something out of it. You have to modify. Uh, this is Captain Obvious. You can't teach offenders the same way as kids. There is some overlap, especially if they're teenagers, there's overlap, but there's a certain level of like life experience that the offenders have that a lot of the kids don't. So you can get more outlandish with the examples when it comes to the offenders. I don't even remember what, where I was going before I started talking about this tutoring thing. But anyway, <laughs> have a nice day, folks. Peace.